gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast from the Back Tees. I'm your co-host, Jerry Lou, and with me as always, with you as always, is our founder and my co-host, another half, Zach Penser. Zach, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. I guess coming up in today's episode, we saw a couple funny things this week in the golf tournament, which was the WGC Dell Technologies match play, which we'll do a recap of. Give you a little picks for the Valero Texas Open. We got a caddy story, a Canadian fun fact, and a Twitter question. But before that, let us go do that voodoo that we do so good. You know, I always am nervous, like, hitting that note, hitting the stinger. Ah, got it. Get goosebumps. Nailed it. That was our first time we did it. I don't care if we get sued or not. Uh, As Mike Dawson, the sound engineer for the Corolla Show, told me personally on Twitter, in this industry, it's best to ask for uh, forgiveness rather than permission. I get that. But uh, nobody uses that song. It's a great song. And Mr. Loggins, uh, we will pay you kindly for it. But in the meantime, I really know everyone likes that song. And hopefully it strikes you all the same way it strikes me. So, anyways, glad you guys could finally join us this week. We're recording super late after the internet has been giving mostly Jerry Lou fits. But uh, it is uh, what's today. It's Wednesday, right? I mean, today is we're recording Wednesday? this last yeah. second. Zach, how was your week? How you doing? I mean, fill me in here. This is uh, we've been we've been we haven't talked for a couple of days, unfortunately. So my week's been pretty good, I guess. Uh, pretty busy. Lots of golf. Not too high quality Which- golf, but golf nonetheless. I haven't seen any pictures or eagle stories or uh, videos. So, no, exactly. Uh, I need to start taking of my triple bogeys. <laughs> well, we can always move the needle back and forth. I mean, all you need is double bogeys. And the next thing you know, it's bogeys. And then, I mean, how, the weather's got to be good, right? It's Florida. It's uh, Yeah, although yesterday that, we're in the, we're definitely, for the first time. But first time in how long? Like weeks. Or like, really? not oh, wow. not just a little rain. I mean, there was like a rainstorm. I guess it rains Mon- very like often. Like a monsoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I guess I watched the match play, my favorite event. That was great stuff. Yeah, we got a couple things. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, match play recap. We had the WGC Dell Technologies match play at Austin Country Club in Austin, Texas. Keeping it weird. Uh, great venue. I always love seeing that course. I love match play. I love us not fighting par or the field or the course it's just head-to-head mano y mano um and my goodness i mean kevin kisner is even before he won he's just a match play warrior he's amazing and he took down louis ustazen who's playing good and molinari it was if that was the final to me right there but uh there were a couple things that were funny that happened that tournament one i want to get to real quick and i tweeted about it before it happened not specifically but sergio garcia v matthew kuchar the two guys in the, the news two most the polarizing professional golfers. Yeah, they're most they're like we're whether it's negative or positive, and unfortunately, it's mostly negative. These are the two most talked about guys this year, short of Tiger Woods' scandal from a decade ago. And I tweeted about it, saying, "Oh, how funny is this that we got these two guys together?" And all of a sudden, what happens on the seventh hole, Zach? Yeah, so on, on the seventh, Sergio laid one up, pretty. Pretty close, I'd say about six inches. And instead of just looking by, over, hold on. By by laid up, he he hit a putt. He, he hit, hit a putt, putt yeah, up yeah. to six inches. He had like a six or eight footer, and he hit it up to like you know swatting distance. Exactly. So he decided instead of waiting for Kucher to give him the uh, go ahead on having the hole, he decided to putt it with the back of his putter, which obviously proceeded to miss. That's why we have all this big news. Uh, Kucher brought in a rules official. Uh, I'm not sure if you know the full side of the story, but I think uh, Kucher was saying that he didn't give him the gimme, but he would have, and they were saying that retroactively you can't do that, obviously. And uh, it's a big controversy over if this was poor sportsmanship or not, so what's your take on the whole thing? Well, both of these guys, uh, regardless of how purist we want to be or old-fashioned, they are old-fashioned veterans who've been around a while. And I think that comes into play in terms of like keeping the spirit of it up. This isn't like Jordan Spieth's telling his caddy what would Arnie do or things like that. The situation to fill in the cracks that you might have mentioned there were as Sergio's going to swat his putt, Kucher, 
as he admitted, and this isn't even a hindsight thing. This isn't even, uh, to be fair, one of those things where we could say Kucher, because he always fi- seems to find himself either in the car wreck or witnessing the car wreck. He always seems to be the guy sitting there shrugging his shoulders going like, hey, let's make this right. But he seems to be kind of, you know, giving the egg on the back of his head still. Kucher, I mean, he said he would have given them the putt. We all believe that. Absolutely. Because it was a six inch, like, you know, swatter, like we talked about. Trouble was, Kucher wasn't paying attention at the time when Sergio swatted it, lipped it out, and it lipped right towards him and he grabbed it. Simple as that. And then Kucher looked up right away and he, he said out loud to Sergio in the next tee, he's like, hey, Sergio, yeah, I didn't give you that putt. Uh, I wanted to, but I literally verbally didn't give it to you, which is what has to happen. It has to verbally be put into the ethos. And uh, we should. And he said, we should call a rules official over here just to see how that goes. And then long story boring, the rules official said, well, if he never verbally made it exist out loud into existence for anybody to hear or witness, um, then the putt was not conceded. And then it was obviously a sticky situation. And, and Kucher said, like, I don't like this. It's too bad I don't like this. Uh, I don't know what to do. And Sergio kind of, I don't even want to say half jokingly. He said, maybe a quarter jokingly said, well, you could concede the hole. I mean, alluding to that could make them gentlemanly and even. And Kucher was on the record of saying, I don't like that situation either. So Kucher just finds himself in another middle of a, a shit sandwich. And essentially, Sergio goes on to lose that hole, uh, obviously, and then lost the very next hole because he was rattled. And uh, and then the thing that but thing the thing that ultimately got me about that, Zach, wasn't just the whole like, oh, my God, could you have believed? I started to think to myself, maybe they cooked this up because these guys are friendly KG veterans or whatever. Maybe they cooked up some BS between them because how easy is it to, quote unquote, not pay attention to its match play? I only have to pay attention to you. What am I not paying attention to while you're about to finish up, whether it takes 10 seconds to hit one putt or two putts? Why am I not paying attention to you? And then they came out with that video that was less awkward than to that catch a predator where they're both sitting there explaining their sides. And I'm just like, yeah, I get it. You guys are all saying the right bullet points and you're coming off as nice guys. But ultimately, it just feels like forced crap. Everything they do is making me like them less, both a piece. Not to say we should like them a ton in the first place. But their pegs are just falling. What say you? Yeah, it was also a very awkward interview between them because everyone assumed that their little little Twitter video of them discussing it would be Kucher apologizing or explaining himself. Well, was it even an interview? It was like a it was a dialogue. It was like a selfie video. It was like Kanye talking to Kanye. They neither were talking to each other. Neither were talking to the camera. They were both just kind of talking over each other's heads, like I believe this. Yeah, but the whole thing was Kucher. The whole thing was Kucher just saying that. It was Sergio in the wrong, and that we should forgive him rather than he screwed up. And, and Sergio is sitting there, just kind of like ah, just, just, and just like whatever. I mean, I, I, I kind of want to give props to Sergio to actually be like sitting there for that minute-long video to be like, yeah, you didn't have to do that. I mean, and Kucher's sitting here over, over here, like trying to put a whole bunch of makeup on or something. I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't get it. It, it, it gets weirder the more we find. Like Matt Kucher seems to be that like that hub that a lot of weird things are orbiting around. And I maintain, I even tell this to golfers and every day something comes up about Kucher, it's starting to get a little more galvanized, but I maintain, I don't know why we established Matt Kucher as Mr. Nice guy. I'll admit he is a nice guy. 85% of tour players are amiable family men, wealthy, mostly conservative Republican, call it what you will. But they are. We can paint the picture for what most of the tour pros are. About 125, 150 of them. Matt Kuchar fits the mold. Like I said, because I think he's a mouth breather and runs around like a basking shark with his mouth open and looks like he's quote smiling all the time. I don't know why we've. Best- I think he's just getting in the news a lot more, and for some reason we've bestowed this crown of like Prince uh, Prince Nice Guy upon him, and some things that aren't really that big a deal are falling upon him, and it's making him look like dog turds. And it's really not that big a deal. It, the things that are coming up, up at Kucher are not a big deal. And he drags them out because he's still tr- he's trying to live up to this persona we built up about him, maybe. And, and he doesn't need to. That's all. Yeah. So I guess this is pretty big news in like the Twitter golf world. How much of how much do you think it comes across to actual casual golf fans? Like when you're caddying, do you ever hear people talking about this stuff? Or is it more just on Twitter that people talk? Not necessarily. I, I, I would say that the golf community socially has found a nice niche in Twitter. I mean, that's why I'm there because I still have, I've had golfers under age. I'm, I'm turning 35 this year. Sorry, everybody. Um, but I have a lot of golfers in their late twenties and younger and a lot of caddy friends of mine who are in their early twenties and late teens who literally say out loud, 
you know, Twitter, what is that? That's old. And I retort with saying like, well, what's new? What's different? There's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat's still a thing, right? I mean, I, I, but beyond that, okay. But beyond the rest of the things being like dating apps, like Bumble, Grindr, Tinder, et cetera, so forth. When it comes to social media sharing, what makes Twitter so old? If, if anything, you want to say if something's old, it's freaking Facebook. I mean, come on, let's get let's get serious about it. But we, but when it comes to golf, I've noticed for years, and if you look at all, like I follow over 450 people on Twitter, and 99% of them are all golf pros and golf writers because I like getting the news and I like getting great takes and I like getting. I start to shed some accounts. Like you can tell, Rory McIlroy. He's probably the first like Twitter account that always comes up when oh suggested by if you follow this and follow this whatever. I don't think Rory's ever tweeted, and if no, he has he's tweeted, it's had. not it's not from his own. It's like Tiger Woods' account. It's run by somebody else, obviously. But then there are your your Max Homas, your uh, Grayson Murrays. I mean, uh, there's some guys out there who yeah, Grayson Murray, right? Yeah, yeah. Eddie Pepperell. I mean, Eddie Pepperell. I mean, yeah, and, and then uh, Appy Barnrat. I mean, uh, he's, uh, they, he's well, the I don't know if he's on Twitter, but personality wise, yeah, he is actually. Are, well but some people aren't as prevalent on social media quote unquote just in terms of it's like yeah they might have a twitter account i mean jim Furyk didn't have a twitter account until he was Ryder cup captain i mean that was just kind of was a thing whatever and phil mickelson didn't have a twitter account for a while and then when he got it i know he's running his account it's true you, it, it's it's but it goes to show you that even somebody as big as him you don't have to have a publicist or your team or somebody on it, like, running it or whatever. Phil runs it, and Phil does just a damn fine job. Not to go on a tangent. So, oh, somebody liked my video on Twitter. Not to go on a tangent, but did you see... I'm pretty sure Phil's greatest accomplishment in life might have been that Cavs photo, because he is running with it. Every single week, he's posting <laughs> how to get those Cavs. That, like, I just picture him in his house, like, the happiest guy in the world that this Cavs video blew up. He's... It's funny, because, I mean, I've, I've been around him in person a bit... Uh, within the past year and he has sneaky physical ability because we all know for a fact because he's been a pitchman for it and a sponsor for it uh, for rheumatoid arthritis medication or whatever but he doesn't look to be the most in shape guy then you see him doing in like tight jeans from mizzen and maine like some like crescent kicks over like chris o'donnell's head or whatever i'm just like wait that was at somebody's dinner party like when they were leaving he just ate and his belly's right there you see it in 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 the oxford shirt i mean he's He's clearly, obviously, like many of the tour pros are. Like, if they didn't play golf, I'm sure they could have been professional athletes. Or if they pursued something in college or high school, other than focusing on golf, a lot of these guys are natural athletes, Phil yeah. included. I mean, we make fun of Tim Lumpy Heron all the time, but the guy has multiple PGA Tour wins, a great swing, and yeah, maybe if you shed the fat, there's an Adonis under there, but who cares? I mean, John Daly, for example, it's just golf is quite like bowling like in that regard i mean where it's just like you don't have to be a physical specimen baseball can be that way too you can get away with being a little sloppy in baseball which which, by the way before i forget because i didn't write this down but anyone within the sound of my voice right now i've come up with the perfect analogy to my golf game and if you know baseball at all i am the kevin millar of golf the kevin pillar Millar. Oh, no, Millar. No, 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 not the, not the outfielder for the, that easy. Not the, not the highly defensive outfielder, Pilar, PR, P, Pilar. No, Kevin Millar, the, uh, the substitute first, the platooning first baseman. He played for the Blue Jays for a minute. Was he on the Red Sox? Yeah, he was yes. on the Reds. Okay, so he was on the Red Sox in 04, right when they, let's get off the golf podcast for two seconds. He, he was on the Red Sox in 04 when um, they hadn't won a World Series in 80 some odd years. And I remember this distinctly because I was kind of – I was living in California, but I was kind of rooting for the Yankees just – but baseball was great. Yankees were up 3-0 in the series, and the Red Sox in the ninth inning were down. They are about to, like, get swept or whatever, and Kevin Millar leads off the inning. And Kevin Millar is only good at one thing, getting on base sometimes. Like, he doesn't have average, speed, power, nothing. So he leads off the inning, gets on first base, barely after getting brushed off the plate in a couple – it's a great – I'm, I'm sure if you like, you look up YouTube or Netflix. Uh, there's, uh, gosh, uh, there's an app out there, everybody. And Zach, you download it too, if I haven't told you already. It's called Just Watch. Just one word, Just Watch. And what it is is essentially when you hit the search bar on Just Watch and type in whatever you're looking for, it'll show you not only where it's streaming for free if it is, but it'll show you where to rent it, where to buy it. And it's just one click away and shows you the price. So if you type type in um, seven days in October, I. I think that's the name, but then again, I could be getting the number obviously okay. wrong, but it's about the Red Sox coming back from down 3-0 and to the Yankees and essentially scrapping out every single game 
not every game, but in one of the games is the uh, Bloody Sock game with Kurt Schilling, which is a tremendous, like, it's just, it's the best documentary ever. And anyways, uh, that being said, Kevin Millar started it all. And Kevin Millar is, like, I look at my golf game as, oh, I'm not good at anything, but I can make B-plus happen sometimes. I can get on base. It doesn't matter how. And when someone on base, come here, Skip, we need a pinch runner. Like, I did my job. I, I got on first. Uh, as my grandmother always says, no pictures on a scorecard. Fair enough, but some of these score, some of these damn pencils are getting erasers on them now. So, anyways, um, uh, what do you want to recap from the? Uh, who did the best, real quick, in our brackets for our? Um, uh, I mean, a couple of guys in our on our, our writing squad had a uh, had Molinari going far, which I know I'm accused of chalk, but I, in my opinion, I felt like picking Molinari was almost a sneaky. I mean, if he had played more events, his ranking would be a lot freaking higher. Let's be honest. I mean, that guy is aces, yeah. no matter what. Yeah, that so we're four not, of us. Oh my god, we're four of us, and between the four of us, only two of us managed to get one person into the semifinals. Or we're five. Well, there's five of us. Yeah, we're yeah, five. Yeah, it's it's, it's me, Zach, Jerry, Nolan, Shane, and Greg. Yeah, I wasn't including myself. We're five. Two out of five got one semifinalist, so we did not do well. Well, cripes, Molinari was the highest uh, seated person, and he was like a seven seed or something. And yeah. and everyone and everyone accused me, rightfully so, of taking chalk, which means seven seed being the highest one. <laughs> I was blown out to sea. Oh, with the Japanese tide. Yeah. So now I remember what I forgot on Nolan's behalf, since he's not here to be able to comment on this. You said you're you picked all chalk in the WGC match play. You Except rooted, for one. You rooted for the Yankees. Do you also root for the Warriors? That was five seconds ago. Nay, nay, nay. Nay, I see where you're going with this. Ah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm not going to tell you to back up. Just put it in park for a second. That was back when I was a child. I was, uh, like, I was 20 years old or something. So <laughs> who's your team now? Ago. The Dodgers? The LA, yes. The LA Dodgers were my team. I picked them out when I lived out in Maryland. Oh, gosh. What year was it? Like 2007? Yeah, 2007. I was just I went to like zillions of Orioles games out there. Like that place has more beer and ticket money for me than they need to worry about for a while. But uh I I really appreciated honestly what it was was the Dodgers uniforms who got me. I just like the white and the blue look slick. And then the more I just got into baseball over the past twelve years, like baseball is one of my top five or three favorite things on the planet. So I, I'm happy I picked the Dodgers and through and through I own a ton of Dodger stuff and the collection won't stop. I mean so maybe the chalk goes after you, because since then they decided to spend a lot of money. On... Well, what good does it get us? Okay, so we go to two straight World Series. Hold on, folks. We're getting back to golf in a second. So if we got to two straight World Series. It's getting to the point now where I don't want to go to World Series if there's not a bigger chance we're going to win. Because two years ago when we lost to Houston, that was our best shot. Like That was a great six games, and they nuked us in game seven, whatever. Then when we went up against the Red Sox, Whoever was going to go up against the Red Sox was going to come to five games. The game we won was much like how quick, much like how the Lakers lost to the Pistons, and I'm a Lakers fan too. Sorry, which oh means I've been God, checked amazing. out for the past six years. But anyways, amazing. yeah, I know, right? This is good, good stuff. Oh, these are all uh, uh, solid gold takes. When the Lakers lost to the Pistons several years ago, this is right before uh, the Heat won, and they changed the hand check rule when uh, Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups and the Pistons beat the Lakers in five. The Lakers won in like game two or something in like a double overtime with a Kobe Bryant three-pointer. And L.A. was losing their mind. Everyone was looking at the Pistons saying, like, that's how Kobe Fs you. That's how he gets you. Attaboy. But in the other four games they beat him, wash. That's exactly what happened with the Red Sox and the Dodgers. The one game the Dodgers won in that World Series was like an 18-inning BF whatever. And the other four games, the Dod the Red Sox just played their regular season ball and creamed them. I swear to God, I wish the Dodgers didn't make it to the I'm, My hemorrhoids acting up just thinking about this. I wish the Dodgers did not get to the World Series because they could have taken a week extra off and not had to. Now just, I got to wear a t-shirt. Just be say, thankful like, you know, that you have a team. 2018 NLCS. Just be thankful you have a team. But what, we're, we're, what's a lateral move? We have to win a ring right now. And I'm one of those idiots right now that says if they win a ring like right now, then I don't need another the rest of my life. I'm sure I'll get greedy. But anywho. Yeah, my team's I, stuck in Washington. They're long gone. That's true. That's true. So, you're, so I mean, you don't just follow the Blue Jays just because? No, or, I don't like I mean, the Blue Jays. I hate the Nationals because they stole my beloved Expos. Montreal Expos. That's I true. I root for like nobody. Hey, well, I mean, that's that's kind of what I like about baseball, too. It's just like, yeah, I I am a Dodgers fan, 
Yes, I really like the Dodgers, but really, I don't have to have a favorite team to like baseball the way I like baseball. Yeah, it's I like love golf. watching it's baseball. It's like I really don't know. Obviously, DJ is my horse in every tournament, and I love DJ, but he doesn't tee it up all the time. Doesn't mean I don't watch. I like golf. I like baseball. Just yeah, whatever. That's something nice about so, golf. Anyways, real quick, uh, I guess yeah, um, uh, Kisner is a is a uh, warrior, and if they go to the Ryder Cup format that I like, which I'm not saying they will, or it's a rumor. If the captain just has 12 picks, six professional, six amateur, or just 12 captain's picks, whatever, Kevin Kisner would be a pick every time that man plays match play good. So right now, today is April the 3rd. I sent Zach a text on the morning of April the 2nd that really I had as much of a heart attack as he did, but for much a different reason than that. I saw a tweet on uh, April the 1st, which is April Fool's, but it didn't calculate out, but essentially now I buried the lead. I texted Zach saying, oh, hey, uh, here's some notes for the show. I got to go caddy, but by the way, did you hear about Tiger withdrawing? Bad back for the match play. And, and Zach just is like, no, what? What's going on? You're kidding me, right? And I was about to text him a response, and I just went, delete, 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 and just sat there and went, oh, Christ, yesterday was April Fool's. You and nobody God. else talked about it except this one. I got God. I get God a lot, but this time I get got to get yeah, got this time down. you really got God. Damn it! it it's the funny thing is, it, as much as you said, the same face you made for having a heart attack for thinking that poor Eldrick was withdrawn from the Masters for real, which is a tragedy. I was having the same heart attack just thinking, you know, punked. <laughs> that was merely, merely, I just had a small crisis, but it was a, a heart attack on the same magnitude. Like, oh, I don't flinch or jump at anything, and I just jumped out of my bones. Like, I got me... I don't even know who it was. I don't even remember. It got me good. Yeah, once we're on the topic of Tiger, though, we should go back to discussing him. I actually thought he was going to win come Saturday after he beat Rory, and then uh, Mr. Beer Garden got the best of him. and just Beer Garden. It. He, it's uh, not, not to say it looks like Tiger tapped out and he needed the time off or whatever, but, I mean, Tiger played good. Tiger played very good. I... Not that I expected more out of the Rory match, but Rory just kind of did his old little flutter that, that, that we're kind of used to, so to speak. At least we're not talking about it so much, per se. But um, Tiger played well. He, uh, he played very good. And, well, wh what's the tournament we have between the Valero Texas Open and the Masters? Nothing. Shell Houston? No, the Masters is on the 11th. Uh, well, and today's the... Ah, good call. Okay, yeah. no wonder. I'm sorry. Forgive me, I've been so out of the loop here. Uh, I was seeing a lot of uh, traffic on Twitter in terms of the um, people talking Masters picks, which, you know what, folks? We will we'll temper those down and probably talk about it online a bit, but we won't talk Masters. Possibly we might just do a Masters podcast, me and Zach talking old Masters highlights yeah, and uh, moments and fun stuff. Yeah, I tell you what, we'll, I mean, literally I just thought of this right now and it's on the fly and Zach and I will discuss the post-show and the runner, but... No, runners before the show. What's after the show? Fuck it. Anyways, the um, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Anyways, um, yeah, we should we could just totally do like a little like twenty or thirty minute Masters only podcast because we've been kind of dodging talking about the Masters and it's coming up faster than I thought. So, um, anything else you want to cover in the match play before we get to the Valero Texas Open, which has the limited field that it is? But I, I don't know. I guess I have like a good it. hypothetical for you. So I actually think the match play was played at probably the best course you could for an event like this where 16, 17, and 18, you have a huge risk reward. And if you're down three, you could really go for it and you actually do have a good chance. They're not just saying that. Are there any other courses that you're familiar with that could be like this? Listen, in a day and age where we need to make shows where the talking heads have to have points and counterpoints and controversy, I agree, Zach, 100% wholeheartedly that that course... Yes. Is is obviously <laughs> is obviously suited for um it's suited for match play. I I heard the no laying up guys talk about how um could it be converted or in terms of like into a stroke play tournament and would be would it be just as good and that, that's a shortening up courses lengthening courses always bothered me. I mean for as much as I don't like I don't care for the shorter hitters just in terms of the few ones that are out there they're just not favorites of mine. When we watched the PJ at Beth page and everyone marked my words one of the number ten. The par four. It's a 290-yard carry to the fairway. Zach Johnson doesn't hit it that far, guys. It, and he's a multiple major winner. As much as I love the course showing its teeth or whoever making the rules showing their teeth, you have to make it square to the field. You have to make it equitable. I mean, 
that's why I don't like 17 at Sawgrass. It's all that water. What if you have a guy who just can only hit putter? Like, it, it looks like he's just having the shanks and he just can't whatever. You can't do it there. It's like golf has to be a way that you can at least kick it into the hole one inch at a time towards the hole. That's kind of the point. It can't be impossible. But anyways, um, the uh, the course is a little short, and I like that Austin Country Club, and I like that. I, and not to say it's gimmicky, but it's like if you want to get your books Kepkas or your DJs out there, fine. Let them. See what happens. Risk reward. We shouldn't be protecting par so much. The whole the whole trick is, as we saw in the Sony Open this year, is when you like when guy. It's when the whole field is surging. Not so many so much as it's like oh, it benefits the long hitters or the short hitters. It's more about the pin placement and the conditions, and and, and their relationship there too. So, but I mean, I that's uh, I can't, in terms of another course. I don't know. What do you got off the top of your head? Help me help me jog up something. What do you what do you uh, think would be a good one? I'm trying to think of one with I guess. Like uh, PGA National would be a pretty good one. Solid, very all, solid. With the difficult closing holes, but I think this is the best. It, it's certainly the most appropriate. I can get you with that. I mean, but then again, wouldn't Riviera be fun for match play? Or, yeah, Riviera I mean, would be great too. Yeah, I oh God, I love match play, so it really doesn't matter either way. So, um, who do you like? For the Valero Texas Open, we'll uh, we'll try to keep this abbreviated, folks, because we got some fun stuff to get to at the end. Uh, I, I I guess my I'll, I'll lead off with my couple here. My long shot, unremarkable. Uh, let's just get it out of the way. Chris Kirk at 155 to one, and then my favorite because the lines shifted a bunch, but we're still doing this Wednesday night. I looked at this back like early Tuesday or something. Um, my favorite is JB Holmes at 50 to one because I that that. That smells like cheating right there. That's that's not a sucker bet, even though it feels like it. It's like 50 to 1. I mean, I wonder how much – if he doesn't win, I wonder how much cash is dumped on him. What yeah, do you got? That's a great price at JB also. And I saw – he went two – he won two out of his three uh, matches at the match play. I think he just lost Playing to solid at match play. He won at the Genesis, which he's not known for being a long hitter in that, or, or like a shot maker, and that's the place where you have to be. God forbid he's never won twice in the same year. I don't think I, I don't have that stat readily available, but Holmes just smells good to me. I mean, everybody else seems just like it's just too fat or too thin. I just I can't do it. So, anyways, so my pick is my first pick. I finally get to use one of my other Canadian guys, Nick Taylor, who I wrote oh. up in the article. Nick the Stick. Yeah, he's been popping off. He missed the cut here last year, even though I feel like this course really suits his game and although so the two years before that though he had top 25 sort of proving mm. that it suits his game but he's coming in Fair. at 80 to 1 gotcha and he's made yeah, that's five consecutive cuts with the t16 in there and this is really a okay. very weak field i think there's a couple big names in speed who can't play golf female yeah Kinter. actually yeah keep talking for a second let me pull that up because I had Jerry bad, Jerry good on his. The the it's it's funny because I got in my top ten here. The likes of um, like Jim Furyk is twenty five to one for crying out loud. I mean, the, yeah, I think the, Furyk the, the, there's has no only, better there's only than Holmes. There's only th- there's only three guys who are under twenty to one, and that's uh, Fowler at ten, um, and Finau and Kucher at sixteen. And I think Kucher, that's not a sucker bet. I think that's fair because Kucher's playing some strong go- – what if Kisner was in the field right now? What do you think his odds would be, for crying out loud, even though they would – oh, see, dang, I wish I worked in Vegas because I keep finding all sorts of ways to think how I could take people's money. But I can't But I can't win it on the other end. So what would it be bet on everyone except for uh, Spieth? No, no, <laughs> no, not so much. It's like I just – I see these damn like sucker bets. Like you told me about like Tiger Woods when he was going for the Masters, and I'm just sitting there going like, "Oh please, everyone take that bet. I'll just throw up phony stuff just to be like, who's gonna throw money at that? Wa- oh my gosh!" But that's yeah, no big deal. Yeah, so I'll get ahead <laughs> to my favorite pick, who I actually think will win, even though he's not one of the bigger favorites. It's Billy Ho, Billy Horshaw at twenty-five to one. That's right. I got honestly, dog. I have in my machine here. Um... Billy Horschel at least taking a top three in the oh, tournament. Wow, I love and that. that's unprompted. I did not tell you that. You told me Billy Horschel a couple days ago, and I knew this, and I looked at the list going, like, this is going to work out nicely because at 25 to 1, I have 
I have him in the top three right now in yeah. terms of not not odds in terms of winner. So you know how he's finished in this event. He came T four in twenty sixteen, T three twice, T eleven in twenty eighteen. He's basically uh, this is his course. Hmm. I'm surprised he comes in at twenty five to one. Uh, I, I, you know what? For once, I think that's kind of fair. I mean, in terms of like the attention the, my machine's giving him and what like those odds, and I think that's fairly balanced. What's like I think, Spieth I think coming you, in at? I think you made a very uh, astute pick. Spieth is coming in at twenty to one, one step behind him. I have him fourth on my model. Oh really? I don't see how Spieth could be better odds than Horschel. I get he's a big name, but he's been terrible. It's how. It's how a machine works. I, I don't. I'm not, that's why I have him fourth. I don't have him finishing. <laughs> he's not finishing first overall. I have him. I have him fourth. But, but I mean, that's it's kind of like how. Why does certain? Why did Kokrak show up a couple times in in my algorithms? He has though, and and, and right now I got him seventh in this tournament. At uh, he's twenty five to one also. Yeah, Kokrak's a. That's stud. just a random one, folks. It's just a wee, a free tidbit. I take Kokrak over. <clears> he's anyway. definitely coming around. Coming around. When is my boy Charles Howell the third going to show up? That's the question. So, what else you want? Anything else you want to talk about with the Valero Texas Open before we get into some, some uh, fun uh, uh, wit, humor, and banter? Ew. No, we can move on. I guess I have one Twitter question this week. That we, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, hit us with your best that we shot. Could go over. So Ryan Jones Fire on Twitter away. asked, "How many majors? How many majors do you think Tiger will win, and if so, which?" So, how many majors will Tiger win henceforth? And if so, which? Here, so I could give my answer while you're thinking, <clears> since <throat> I read this already and gave well, it I a mean, little I, thought. I've, you can go ahead, but to be fair, I've, I've, this is kind of like one of those chambered responses I've had for years, and, oh. and it still stands, but you go ahead. So, I actually think he's going to win two. Everyone thinks he's going to win one, and that'll be it. But I'm going to go with two. I think he'll win the Masters, because I don't think it matters how how say like old you are i think you could compete for the next several years even 10 15 years he knows where to miss he knows all that the same spiel everyone says and then i think he's going to win one of the other ones well <laughs> i don't know which i have no idea which you you turned you had me for a second because i was i feel the same way and i've been nursing this new theory where I really feel like he's going to win one more for sure. He's never going to catch Jack. But then I've been warming up the idea that he could win two more. And, and I was, oh, excuse me, in lockstep with you saying, oh, yeah, he I, if he's going to win another one, it's definitely going to be at Augusta. Or, and I was sitting there saying, I'm, I'm saying like, Zach, please say the Open Championship because I'm not saying anyone can win there, but, well, the whole, anyone in the field could win there. Anyone it's just like that's the there. way a Lynx style course neutralizes and or benefits everybody. So I was hoping you would say not Augusta and any one of the other ones. I was just like, I could see it used to be. I always said Tiger has one more major in him, a British Open or the Masters. I could see him maybe winning both. It needs to happen sooner rather than later. But um, I'm going to go with the U.S. Open. Hot take. U.S. Open by 10 strokes. It's tough to. <laughs> woo, whoa, you getting hotter. That's 2031 hot. when he's like 60. Well, I mean, he'll probably have cybernetics, like a cybernetic spine or like, exactly. you know, Terminator vision or whatever. That's what LASIK turns into after a while. Exactly. Now we're thinking. So, so uh, what was the name of the Twitter uh, account? At Ryan Jones. Thank you, Ryan Jones. A that bunch was, of numbers, uh, but he knows who he is. That's always, that's always a good, that's always a great question. I mean, that's granted, we can only answer that once in a while and not every week, but to be fair... Those are what I, I mean. That's why I get like the term barstool sports. It's just like, what do you and two friends sit around and talk about? Like, anytime somebody gripes about something or bitches about something, or friends of mine I have don't talk about good stuff, I'm just like, hey, why aren't we talking about who's going to win the gold glove for shortstop? Or who's going to, like, you know, why aren't we speculating some fun sports stuff? I mean, I know that's very, some people aren't into sports and that's very one dimensional, but that, that's what I'm into. And guess what? If you engage me in what I'm into, we're all going to be better off for it. I guarantee you. So, I have a number of caddy stories or isms. Um, you got your Canadian fun fact. Yeah, so this is a new segment we added because we realize people want to hear from the source and 
Luckily for us, we have a caddy on board. Um, Yeah, this is where maybe if we get sound drops or segment drops, we can come up with like some fun rhyme or um, maybe we'll get Rich Banks on retainer and he can make some songs for us. But ultimately, Zach asked me or other people have asked me before, like, like for good caddy stories. And the trouble is much like how my golfer today when we did 36 holes put me on the spot and said like you ever caddy for celebrities and i said yeah and when i started thinking of them i know i only thought of 10 percent off the top of my head of all the celebrities i have caddied for because they're just so many different ones at different times and places and to be fair like a couple days ago uh they the uh belching beaver brewery which is down in vista california i used to live a couple blocks from their main headquarters and their initial brewing site two of their three brewmasters and head brewmasters were in the foursome that i was caddying in i was caddying for another fella um uh from a different area but to me those guys are celebrities or or like or people who are like really nice or like people who like have or really good at golf or people who are like have really good jokes or whatever i mean i remember caddying for ray romano with kevin kevin james in the group and Kevin James had his two buddies from Chicago. And I still remember to this day, 18 years later, that Kevin James's two friends from Chicago were still the two funniest guys I ever met. And Kevin James and Ray Romano were in the group. It was it was glory. I remember it still to this day. I don't remember their names, but I still remember some of the stuff they said. I'm just like, God, that's funny. These guys are just – and then even today I forgot. Somebody said a funny joke on the golf course. I turned around and said, that's, that sounds really old-fashioned. I never heard that before. That's why I keep this stupid little notebook. I got to keep writing down all this – crazy little look at it. He, Zach's looking at it on Skype. Ooh, it looks like uh, in, fashion. Indiana Jones's diary here. I mean, I don't even know what you're looking at there. Oh, well, that's... Anyways. So the thing I wanted to share with you guys it isn't so much caddy story, but it's something that happened this week, and it's something I do with golfers, and we can also do this too, Zach. Take heed in this in terms of if we're ever feeling tired, when it's coming to the very end of the round. I had this happen back on Monday where I had a random one and done for 36 holes this uh, nice fella uh he was a uh, three handicap from uh he he just moved into a house off arrowwood uh golf course in oceanside shout out to god what was his name i forget great guy his son was playing there he had an ace the day before on old mac number five but anyways um <clears throat> mike i think his name was he uh when we were, we i caddied for him in the morning 18 holes and then on the second round we were coming off the 13th green, which is a very sh- on old McDonald. And it's a very short par four that day, only playing like 330. And he hit like a uh, stupid driver, poor wedge into the green. And when we're walking off the green, he just straight up looked at me and said, I lost 20 yards. And I'm just like, I, I-, I think his name's Mike. I apologize. He's not listening right now, but we're just Shout calling Mike, Mike for the sake of the story. <laughs> no. Um, but at any rate, I was just, I was just like, come again, Mike. And he just said like, I just hit a wall, Jer. I got tired. Uh, I don't know what to do. And I was just kind of like, okay, okay, well, at least you know it. Like, when we were 100 yards out, he looked at me and said, like, I need a 120 club. And I'm just like, got it. And he hit the shot. And that was on number 14 green. And as we're walking up to 14, I looked at him and said, I've told, I haven't told many golfers this, because usually when you get to 17, 18, this is exactly what I said, but I told him this. And he was a three handicap, so he could relate, and, or, or at least kind of it didn't blow his mind, but he appreciated this. And I want to spread this word to a lot of people. When we were walking up to the 15th tee, I told – well, we were walking up to the 14th green – so he's going to putt, not swing. But I told him, listen, Mike, we have a long, we have a par five, long par four, long par five, long par four to finish up this round. That means if we play all, the rest of this round, greens and regulation for the last four holes, that's only 10 swings, 10 solid swings where you either have to just remember to hold your breath or keep your head down or focus. And every single time I've related that to a golfer, it's paid off dividends where like I'll sit there and be like, all right. And they'd hit a good shot and be like, all right, one down nine. Go. If you can parcel out in your head, reverse engineer your round, it does you a lot better. On a lot of golf courses, if they're struggling with the driver and they just start to hit it good and like 17, 18 or driver holes, I'll like hand them the driver on 17 and be like, all right, listen, as you've been doing, keep your head down, keep your head down. And if they hit a good one, I'm like, perfect. In 10 minutes, do that again. Just like you just parcel it out to like, don't think about your approach. Don't think about putting, break things down into, I only need this many more tee shots. I only need this many more approaches when it comes to using calories or using energy. That's what I told him. I told him, I said, like, think about it like this, whether we like finish up with an 80 or a 90, if we hit the ball properly, we're only hitting four more drivers and four more approaches with two other shots, like on a par five. I mean, that's 10 swings at the end of the round. 
he hit 11 he had 11 swings after i said that and he looked at me and said you're right 10 good swings plus one mistake and, and one for error and i was just kind of like that's how it goes brother that's just how it, it, everything's about perspective in golf and and i've always preached this when i was a pro it doesn't matter what you know or what your student needs to know you need to get on some type of level of understanding and basis communication whatever you want to call it i mean that's how we're eventually like i mean that's how we break through uh, language barriers if you think about it i mean we have to find like common ground or when i tell somebody like you know take 10 take 10 percent off that putt they don't that that could mean something to a lot of different people i mean it's it's like perspective is everything in life especially golf golf is life so that's kind of my caddy story for this week because that's something that i've done before and i saw it happen actually very recently and uh uh mike limped in with a 76 even though i thought he played bad enough to shoot like 80 or 81 he shot 76 that day while getting really tired on the on the final round so or the second round so shout out mike again but yeah that was that's actually great advice you know what the funny thing is he had on his golf bag it was from oceanside golf club uh and right above the logo it had a Twitter handle on it, and I looked up the Twitter handle. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is because it's a waste of your search. Because when I looked it up, yeah, there wasn't anything there. But it was called like at the real big baller or like the real Mike Baller or something. I mean, maybe it wasn't a Twitter handle. Know. Maybe that's what he calls himself. That's distinct. That's very distinct. So, <clears throat> but that's a great tip because the- yeah, at the end of the round, that's that's when things usually unravel for me, especially. So uh, my gin and tonic's just about empty here. We're keeping this one short. What's our Canadian fun fact of the day, Zachary? Our Canadian fun fact of the day is that Canada has more lakes than the rest of the world combined. Really? How many lakes do you think Canada has? Well, now, hold on. Before we really start to dissect this, I don't know how to... Where are we we starting from? Okay, I I don't know what a relative number is. Okay, okay, okay. Do you have a list in front of you? Of, like, the countries of the most lakes? No, I mean, no, no, no. (laughs) No, no, no. Do you have a list in... No, do you have a list in front of you? Because I'm not going to look it up. Do you have a list in front of you of, like, countries with the most lakes? Can you tell me who's in second and what the number is? No, I can't. I need an idea. I need... Oh, God. Um... Okay. How many digits is it? Because you're going to be so far off. Four digits or... Okay. At least tell me... No, I'm not going to be far off. No, I want you to be off by like so much. It's going to be great. Great. Okay, content. I'm going to say, hold on. I I got a number. I got a number in my head. You tell me how much you want me to be off by, and I'm going to try and sink it in that basket. No. I want what do you, you think I'll be off? I want by? you to be I off mean, by one. By one. <laughs> yeah, just one. Because now I get to see how far off you're really going to be. I'm not even going to give you what, an idea Canada, what? of the numbers. What what does what does Canada have like two lakes? It could be <laughs> no, anywhere um, between ten and ten million lakes. I think Canada has. I'm going to say one hundred and seventy-five thousand lakes. Yes, so far off. Love it. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Canada has more than thirty-one thousand seven hundred lakes. Wait, I was yeah, I was way off. Wait, so hold on a second. You have. Over thirty-one thousand lakes in Canada, and the rest of the world oh. has less than thirty-one thousand combined. Okay, that's that's interesting. I I just I really oh my god, you know what? I probably would have taken a whole comma back there because I mistakenly, if we have any uh, fans from Minnesota, I literally was going like, yeah, well, Minnesota's the land of ten thousand lakes, so it's got to be way bigger than that. No, Minnesota's yeah. the land of a thousand lakes, not ten thousand, Jerry. Oh gosh, that was that was really good. That's unlike whoever said the maple syrup uh, uh, fact was funny. It, it was not. I, I'm not disagreeing, just to disagree. It's not. No, of course you guys are the number one in maple syrup. D- duh. We're just a very impressive country. Yes. Oh, I do not disagree. I'm just saying the uh, that that fun fact was aces, but the whole maple syrup thing, I'm still stewing over. Like, no, of course you guys are maple syrup. Vermont like, has lots hey, of well, maple syrup. They could win. Yeah, but they have to fly under the American flag. That's much different. It's true. And besides, if I want my maple syrup, I'm not buying Vermont syrup, okay? Take it from this American. I'm buying Canadian maple GD syrup if I want the A good genie. stuff. I mean, 
Yeah, well, Canadian GD or got goddamn Canadian or Canadian goddamn whatever, however you want to put it. That's where the maple syrup comes from. That's like saying, like, you know who makes the best potatoes? Idaho. It's like, yeah, I think it's in their state motto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't have... I really don't have much else to talk about. I got a couple of things we can save for another show, but I think this is, uh, this is a good time to wrap it up. Yeah, and we'll say? bring you guys a special Masters podcast early in the week. We just thought of that great idea. Well, by we, I mean Jerry. and uh... It's the royal we. Like, as I always say, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Zach, as much as I... I God bless you guys for being as nice as you are, saying we do this very well or whatever. This wouldn't happen if it wasn't for Zach, really. I and get... Skype for really being so convenient. Well, you know what? I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't know. Who, I sent you the text earlier saying are Google and Microsoft separate companies or sister companies because they're kind of both effing me the same way. They're dead so to you. So I don't know. No, I, I still have to work with them so we can do this. What we're doing right now is still through the magic of God knows what sponsorship, but <laughs> which is... Michigan Sports and Entertainment, by the way. I forgot to mention that at the start in the intro. Um, we're we're happy to be Michigan Sports and Entertainment uh, on their platform, being their golf podcast. It's it's an it's an honor to be like whether it's like you're the baseball or fantasy baseball or football or fantasy football, we're if to be considered like the golf guys, that's nice. That's really nice. And I get it. If you don't think we're the golf guys, you disagree with us or don't like us, I get it. That's exactly why I'm kind of doing this is because I didn't like anybody else. So it's just if you don't like us, uh, delete. Don't leave a comment. That's no big deal to me. It's If you don't like us, move on. That's what I did to everybody else. You just move on. I'll give uh, one last exciting bit of news for our listeners who will get a first preview before Twitter it's released. I'm going to announce it on Twitter in a couple of days, but everyone listening to this gets it a little early. We've officially received merch or are receiving merch in about oh, a week yes we have three separate nike golf hats coming in in black white and like uh not yellowish i don't know how to describe it you'll have to wait for the pictures and then we also got white t-shirts gray t-shirts white champions hoodies gray champions hoodies uh women's shirts and golf towels with our logo on it so we're very oh, excited slick. to share that with the people <clears throat> getting as official as we can and uh yeah that sounds great man that's uh I, I i actually see guys with the no laying up towel out there sometimes and whatnot and it's it's all the same to me it doesn't matter it's just i like seeing the different entities and people learn people learn whether it's like the whole thing about the podcast network not the golf network the podcasting community is about sharing i've had a problem with sharing what i've listened to and i've liked for years and there's no need for that to happen. It's not saying that like we were to hoard it or not, it would be that way or not. It, 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 that's not the point. That's also terrible grammar. The point is, it, it, we're the reciprocity and everything is great. That I can't believe we made it this far. Like I can't wait to even if we don't sell a single polo, I'll buy them all because I caddy for so many people who, as I was telling you earlier, oh it's neat you're a golf writer. Oh it's neat you have a website. The second I said we have a podcast, everyone's like, oh what? And that like I have people who don't listen to podcasts who are all of a sudden paying attention to things or whatever. And I even I had this caddy, a buddy of mine, Chris Martin. Shout out! He doesn't shout listen to the Chris podcast. Martin. He's he's one of the sweetest dudes at Band and Dunes. Anyone will uh, say, uh, attest to that. Um, I don't think he listens to podcasts yet, but uh, he told me the other day he's like hey you know the caddy da i'm like hell yeah i know da i've i've worked with him and i shadowed under him he's a good dude he's just like yeah da uh says you're like the de facto spokesperson for abandoned dunes or something and i kind of looked at him and i was like kind of like no no no, no whoa, whoa, whoa. Pump, let's pump the brakes here i know i'm not talking to da i'm talking to you chris martin but uh yes i talk a lot of shit yes i do it on abandoned dunes behalf and yes i will i will always follow it up with saying I am also the most lucky and blessed human being on the planet. But that being said, I do work for the best place I could work as a caddy. You know, go caddies, just whatever. But I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be a spokesperson. Lots of caddies I know that I work with are on Twitter, and we don't follow each other. I mean, I don't know their feeds or whatever. I mean, it's just it's just the way it goes. But um, but ultimately, Michigan Sports Entertainment, you guys are the best, and we want to be the best for you. Obviously, tell your friends you can find us on wherever your podcatcher catches us you know zach where where else can they i mean i i've been telling people essentially on facebook to all my closer friends i said i'm not going to keep telling you when the podcast drops 
just subscribe or just type from the back tees into the search bar you know more about where to find it because i'm an itunes only guy what's the easiest way for people to find it tell us yes yeah, so for the website and everything that's just through the website or through all of our individual twitters and we actually do have a facebook and instagram although we don't use it much besides just posting our new posts from all the writers but for the podcast you could find us on itunes and spotify as well as this app called podcoin we're on which is pretty cool actually i'll give a little insight in that people could go on there and you actually get money for listening Although, to really? be honest, since we're not being paid oh. or anything by them, it's probably not worth it because you have to listen but to, like, li- but, hundreds well, hold on, of hours. Hold on, time out. You're talking to a guy who's been listening to podcasts for 10 years. And, folks, this is not a live read. Uh, this is this is for real. This is something you can get paid for for listening to podcasts. Yeah, so they give you, I think it's like... Pardon my... I think well, they give you one point for every five minutes you listen to but you need like tens of thousands of points to get like a five dollar amazon gift card that's why i'm saying and you could clearly see i'm not being paid for this that it's not really worth it but we're on and if you if you folks could see my face then you would get that i i understand but to be fair dog i i I factored this in the other day i literally listened to at least daily four hours of downloaded content a day yeah so you should listen on there and that's Four times seven is twenty-eight. Twenty-eight times fifty-two is, well, soon to be an Amazon five-dollar gift card. Yeah, you may as well do it. You should download it then. But folks, we're happy you're here instead, though. That's the point. Yes, yeah, so we're found on all out. platforms. That's the point. Yeah, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Podcoin. Then hopefully we'll be on Google Music soon, and then like iHeartRadio. But they take like a month or two months to put you up. It's like a crazy system that they have. They don't give you any information. We- Oh, you're good. You're good. Sorry. I'm sorry, folks. I was showing them on the screen. You you know, honestly, we can be casual with our production because we just talk for 45 minutes without stopping to take notes or a break or anything. So sometimes messages need to get across. Oh, my God. You guys should have heard us or tried to hear us yesterday trying to talk across Facebook Messenger. He was sending me texts during the <laughs> during the recording and it was starting to distract me. That and we then had I was no looking at him going like, wait, I was just like, wait, he's like, he keeps just staring at me. And not even nodding. <laughs> for, for perspective, it kept cutting out. Now, as we as we know, or hopefully you know already, I'm talking on my AirPods still. Uh, Zach has sounded good, but Zach has a microphone now, and a microphone is coming my way as well. So it's time to get with the kit and caboodle. And this is we're working hard to make sure this sounds as good as we can. That being said. I was trying to show you. Uh, I was going to play us off with some outro music. Anytime uh, you're ready to go. Anything else you want to tell the fans? Uh, that's pretty much it. Just uh, subscribe, share what we got, and we're very happy to keep bringing this to you each week. Yeah, we love you guys. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We'll see you on Twitter, on the internet, and everywhere else. <laughs>